Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fulyana Osborne, and you're listening to Inside Exec. Today we've got a special treat for you. We're going to talk about how mentoring helps retention of particular employees and we have with us John Eddy. John's recently from a long stint at Citibank but now consulting in his own right out of Taiwan. I'm going to let Fuliana introduce him because they have worked together for some considerable period of time. Thanks, Kim. I'm very privileged to have worked with John for a long period of time in City and also since he left City. John is a very, very seasoned professional in HR. He's well known, he's well connected and very highly respected. He has experienced many changes throughout HR and spent a lot of time in the Asia-Pacific region providing services there and he's very thought after all the time. He spent a big stint in Korea, in Singapore, in Hong Kong and now Taiwan. So very, very happy to have John with us. Welcome, John. Thank you, Kim. Thank you for your Pleasure to be here. First of all, I, what I'd like to hear is something that we touched on briefly before we started recording, and it's the difference between coaching and mentoring. An interesting subject, and there are various views on that. My personal view is that, in simple terms, coaching is a more structured approach to people development, and it probably has a time limit. Generally, I would expect around six months working with somebody. It is highly structured, setting goals with individuals, keeping them honest to achieve those goals, whereas mentoring is, I guess, unstructured to a degree where an individual learns from someone who has far more experience than the individual being mentored. That's in simplistic terms. And I think also the mentoring program can be a longer duration, probably uh, up to a year, if not longer. Uh, and in some cases, I've known mentor-mentee relationships to continue on for many, many years. So, so you, you don't see the, the mentoring side of it as something that has a finite time necessarily? Not necessarily, although I would probably say a year would be probably a, a standard to look at. But I know there are many mentoring uh, relationships that I'm aware of that are, are still ongoing many, many years later because of the personal connection that people have had together. I guess it is really because it's having a confidant, it's having someone mm. to think aloud with, mm. to help you through your journey and what you're experiencing at that time in a general sense mostly senior positions in leadership positions with their coaching it's very very specific and as John said structured in that how do I get better at a specific aspect of my work as to how do I deal with a certain politics or relationship. Mm. So would you also see it then as something that people seek when they get to a certain point in their careers or should they be looking at it from the time that they've decided this is what I'm going to do with my life? And that's coaching or mentoring? Either. Either one. Either. I think on the coaching side, uh, often an organisation will identify that someone needs some help, particularly today in the today's business world. It's much more popular today to have a structured coaching program put together for somebody, and that's what I do and spend my time on now. Whereas mentoring, and for those organisations I think who are smart enough to put in a structured mentoring program, they will create a competitive advantage over other organisations much more if they have this structured program. Sometimes individuals would seek out a mentor themselves, and at times organisations have a structured program where they offer mentoring across the organisation. So is it easier, if we talk about the senior executive level, is it easier if the organisation has that approach, or is it easier for you to seek that 
that assistance outside the organisation? I think it's much easier if an organisation adopts a formal mentoring or coaching program. It goes right back to recruiting and onboarding people in an organisation. If you offer a mentoring program, for example, to new employees, they will much more assimilate into the organisation much more quickly. And it's, it's, it is a competitive advantage that people will come and want to work for you because you offer something that is different from everybody else. It sort of brings us neatly back into the topic for today, which is retention. (laughs) True. And so I guess what we're hearing is that you feel that the right kind of mentoring and and coaching, for that matter as well, is going to aid with retention of the employees that you want or the staff you want. Most definitely. I'll give you a quick example. that I've been running Citibank's High Potential Development Program for the last 10 years. And since 2005 to 2015, we would have put well over 100 people through that program. And the retention rate is probably something like 95%. People wow. Have, because mm. all those people had a mentor at the beginning of the program. And that mentor relationship, even today, I know, continues on with many people who are still with the organisation. So certainly mentoring is a, a key aspect of retention. That, and that also must lead to people seeking to join the organisation because they know that program's in yep. place or because they see that people stay there forever. So that must be something good. I think it's all part of your employment branding. What's the employment brand that you, you stand for? And people get to hear about that organisation offers this sort of program. And that is certainly a, an attraction to people. The program itself, just in case people aren't aware of, of how a mentoring program might work. So we come in as a senior executive, we get set up with this program. Is it one mentor for a period of time or is it half a dozen different ones? Um, and the, the move between having coaching and then going into, into a mentoring program? Yeah, they generally start with a mentor, generally a more senior person in the organisation, and that mentor relationship would continue until the completion of the mentoring program, where on the coaching side, that's much more structured. The organisation would identify normally either an internal coach, and a lot of companies have have internal coaches now, or an external coach to come in and work with that individual. I'm interested then in the selection process or or the way that if they're all internal Mm. coaches and mentors... How do you identify those people and have them take on that role? Well, firstly, if you're going to have a structured mentoring program, you need to train people. Mm. So you need to train the mentor and the mentee, actually, (laughs) in what what it's all about. So you need... It's not just saying, be a mentor. What is mentoring all about? Mm. People need to understand that. And often people have been given a a mentor role and they're not sure how to conduct themselves. We're going to have words that are going to go to the blacklist. (laughs) (laughs) So train people... Put for a formal program together. And what's the goal of the mentoring program? What are you trying to do here? Mm-hmm. What's the role of the mentor? What's the role of the mentee? How are you going to work together? So you need to train people. And then how to select people to be mentors. Now, it can be voluntary that people put their hand up. Uh, often that's the best way that you want to give something back as a mentor. But most certainly you need to train them. You need to have a structured program put together. It can't be informal. Let's give someone a mentor. Yes. And that, and I've, I've known experiences where the mentor doesn't really do the job the mentor should be doing. Now, I know it's a two-way street. The, the mentee and the mentor need to take the initiative to make appointments and make times to meet. Yeah. 
be holding each other accountable for those things. Yeah. Some do a great job and some do a very bad job. And I think those who do a bad job have not been through what is mentoring all about. Or been through the mentoring process That's themselves. Right. Yeah. We better let Fugiana say something. Oh, you know, <laughs> this is going to be a record. She hasn't spoken for the last five minutes. <laughs> oh, thank you. One of the main, aim, main things in that program when you were talking about training both mentors and mentees, mm. would you, in your experience, say it was very, very important that the the two people gel, that the, the matching of the mentor and mentee is a key to the success? Yeah, I think the, the chemistry has to be right. You can't have a, a disconnect on the, on the personalities of individuals, so they must be comfortable in the relationship they're going to have. And on some occasions I've known where the mentor and mentee don't hit it off. Yes. And uh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and therefore let's stop the mentoring program and let's revisit that and give the person a new mentor. But chemistry is important both in a mentoring and a coaching situation. Uh, if that's not there, it'll be a disaster. Who identifies that? Who identifies that it's not working and... Well, one would hope that the mentee and the mentor are mature enough to identify that things are not connecting. I don't think it happens that often, but certainly we're only humans. I mean, personalities, there are issues at times that do come up. Yeah. What about when you, as the mentee, feel that you've outgrown not necessarily the, the need for a mentor, mm. but what the current mentor can offer? And then you stop it. There's no point continuing on in a relationship if you've got enough out of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. Mm. I mean, people are very busy these days, so stop the program. John, you mentioned earlier having a program. That program could be having an internal mentoring program Mm. or an external or both. Mm. I know that you tried both for different organisations. Do you want to walk us through the benefits? They both, you know, have advantages, obviously. So the benefits of both? Today, I would suspect that the majority of mentoring programs would be from an internal source. Although there is growth in the industry of external mentors or coaches coming into an organisation and offering those services. If I had to guess what the split would be, I would think 70-30. Only a guess that mm-hmm. uh, 70% of mentoring relationships would come from within the organisation and possibly 30% externally. And it would vary from company to company. Yeah. I think some organisations would may use 100% internal mentors yes. and others may use, I'm not sure whether 100% would be right, but maybe 100% external mentors coming in as well. So mm-hmm. since we're talking about retention, do you think that there's a, a difference between yeah, retention-wise? Personally, I favour the internal mentors. Mm-hmm. A lot of knowledge transfer is going to come from that senior mentor who's going to impart information to the mentee. Mm-hmm. An external mentor cannot do that. They don't have the information from within the organisation that they should have. So I, I think an internal mentoring program is probably far more effective than an external mentoring program. Both can be as effective, and you know, I've used both, but I think predominantly it's been the internal mentoring program. So the investment for an organisation in putting together a mentoring program mm. is there because long-term yeah. you're going to have more senior executives within the succession planning that understand the organisation and understand its values and, and are moving the organisation forward the way True. you want it. Yeah. Look, both, I think both can be successful. I just think that the internal one probably has a greater degree of success than mm-hmm. external one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I know people who have had external mentors and they've been very, very effective as well. So, That's uh, what we all are. So, you know, we, th- we think it's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mentoring is a good idea whether you do it internally or use an external That's person. Right. I agree. I think that both have their advantages. Mm-hmm. Some of the feedback that I've got about advantages of external mentors is the ability to speak about things that 
then they're not taken into account. Someone away from the organisation, mm. independent, not part of the politics of the organisation, mm. you can speak freely about your feelings without offending or, you know, inadvertently or anything like that. On the other hand, the internal people can also be your sponsor. Mm. So when they're mentoring you and they believe in what you're doing, they could be at the right meeting saying, oh, we've got a project, so have you thought of X? I find them very good. So there's advantages, but sometimes you're manoeuvring in a political mm. environment that is tense for a period of time, mm. from time to time, and an external mentor is able to give you a place where you can think mm. in safety and mm. confidence without affecting internal thinking. Yeah, very true. So what I'd want you both to answer for me is the biggest issue that instigates mentoring. When, when we look at people moving into the senior executive arena or if we, if we go a little bit further earlier in their careers and we look at them stepping up from what we used to call stepping up from supervisor <laughs> into a management role, into the first level of management, what is the issue that creates a need for a mentor? I wouldn't call it an issue. I say <laughs> that we identify people as high potential, mm. people are talent, people doing really well and we want them to absolutely succeed and faster. So in thinking about people that way, I think these people have the potential, they're pretty good in all aspects. If the mentoring can help them even be a better leader, mm. better people leader, that's where the, if you like, the trigger is from. That's the, the reason we would pick it. That's on one hand. Mm. On the other hand, sometimes it's because people are new to the people management game. They have no idea about how to manage people. They only manage one or two and so on, so they need help with that as distinct from technical. No, I think you're right, Pauliana. I don't think people have an issue per se because they have a mentor. We want to make sure that that person grows and develops as fast as possible to take their career to the next level. And if they can learn from another person who's been there before, that's what we try to do with the mentoring program. As distinct, of course, from coaching, where often there is an issue that's been identified mm. for whatever reason, they want someone to come and work with that person in particular about some of their development areas. And I think a lot of it is around behavioural issues that people do have. And we were talking earlier about technical competence and being very smart people, but then they suddenly become leaders or managers of people, and they're not sure how to apply those learning principles that they should apply to be a leader. So most of the coaches work on behavioural issues, not technical issues. We're on mentoring. It's not really identifying an issue, although issues can arise in mm-hmm. the mentoring relationship. It's more about helping that person to fast-track their development and keep them in the organisation. I know that both of you have worked throughout the Southeast Asia area and, and other areas of the world. Is there cultural differences in the approach to mentoring? I think certainly in, in Asia there are... There are differences between Asia and Australia. I think Australia has been much more certainly developed as far as mentoring and coaching over the, over the last 10 or 15 years. It's, it's certainly now very popular in Asia, and in the last two or three years, coaching and mentoring has become much more used uh, across the Asian countries. So is there a difference in how you mentor someone in Asia compared to Australia? Not really. I mean, I don't think there is a lot of differences, mm-hmm. except in some of the Asian countries it's fairly hierarchical. 
and it's top-down. So people are not encouraged to speak up. That's one of the cultural nuances we have to deal with. Not in every Asian country, but in countries like Japan, Korea, and probably a couple of others, but they're probably the two main ones that stand out as being very hierarchical, and it's a top-down approach. But I have, um, I know of instances where coaching and mentoring is undertaken in those countries. How you apply that, distinct from Australia, would probably would be a little different. If you're in a, a multinational organisation mm-hmm. where you have, you, you say you're based here, you have a mentor here, and then you get placed somewhere else and you're in the somewhere else for a considerable period of time do you keep the same mentor that you've got here or do you take Mm. on a new one where you are Uh, I I think it would depend on the individual but yes there's no reason why you still can't have a mentor in one location and if you move to another I guess it depends on what you're going to ask them for help and advice Mm. on if they've Mm. not worked in uh, let's say Asia and you're asking about a cultural issue, it could be very difficult for them to help you. So you may want to look at seeking out a mentor in that location that help you through that. But in the same way that we've got technology these days that could will keep you connected regardless of where you yeah. are. Yeah. Well, I, I certainly found that once you were already established a relationship mm. in country, it's so much easier with the technology now, whether you do Skype or whether you do FaceTime mm. and emails and all the rest of it. I'm doing that interstate with some of my mentees as mm. well as in Asia, and it works well. It works well, you know, you record your booking time because you know mm. time differences mm. in some cases, and you already know the person and you already know what you're trying to help them with. This is not taking away your comment, John, Mm. about advising them about the cultural difference Mm. of that country. This is more about the role they're in. Mm. It's particularly easy if you already established the relationship Mm. and you're helping them continue with their career progression. Mm. I find that the the fact that you're not face-to-face is not so daunting or diminish the the relationship in any way, the mentoring relationship. No, you're right. Technology makes a big difference. Yeah. Can you have more than one mentor? Yes. Yep, what, why, why would you? Well, I guess because different people, you get different learnings from different people. Different styles is always mm. so much better to observe and learn from so that you're not just copying. You you want to be an individual, but you also like different things about how different people handle it. Sometimes it's expertise, sometimes it's network, sometimes it's just the charisma. I think, yes, definitely more than one mentor. I think I certainly had more than one mentor throughout mm. my life. You know, more mm. the better. <laughs> I think it also comes back if it's is it a structured formal mentoring mm. program yes. or is it informal? If it's informal, yes, you have maybe not mentoring, it's it's a relationship you have with a few different people who help you in your career. Where the formal mentoring program is normally you would just have your one mm. main mentor. Mm-hmm. And some people utilize these relationships far better than others. You've got to be careful of that you don't abuse that relationship that you're having with these people as well. And some yeah. people have done that. I guess you what you need to be aware of is that you don't bring the mentoring relationship back into a coaching role yes and rely on someone else to be leading you to make decisions or to address issues without the knowledge of how you have to implement it how you have to work with the changes that you're going to make yeah i think at this point we might take a break in the discussion there's still a lot more that we want to cover so come back and join us in part two of this discussion i'm kim bailey she's Fuliana osborne We're with John Eddy and this is Inside Exec.